Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. What's up, party people? <laughs> All the party people. <laughs> I don't Hello. know. Just came to me. Yeah, How's it going? It's beautiful. It's a, a beautiful stroke of inspiration. I know. It was great. So we're podcast number three of episode two. I don't know if we keep on going with the higher numbers from season one. You know, it's like no, total. I think we restart. Yeah. I say we say season two, episode three. Two dot three. Two dot three dot oh. Dot oh. <laughs> well, some people have responded. They've been asking some questions and that. And so... I just wanted to jump into some interesting questions here to start off and kind of frame our conversation. Sound good? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's do it. Feels a bit sudden, but I'm all right with it. (laughs) Sure. Great. (laughs) Great. Awesome. Um, One of the biggest questions that we continuously received over the summer was, you guys starting back up the podcast? You guys starting back up the podcast? And I would just respond, yep. (laughs) um but this comes from sandra what do you think happened to the gold frankincense and myrrh i don't know if that means like you know that's a good little question yeah it's i I can't say i've ever thought of that the bible guy has never just because it's in the bible doesn't mean like you you know yeah you're right. I know. I know the this answer. I bet they uh, they tithed it to the temple. So, for those who don't know what we're talking about, go back a little bit. <laughs> okay. Right. So the Magi, right, come Brought from the three east. Gifts. We three kings of Orionar saw the something something star. Something. Um, was it like Balthazar? Oh, we've done this before, and I can yeah. never get them all the way. Mount Melchior and Caspar. Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Sure. Um, and so they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh uh, as gifts for the newborn king. And uh, it was awesome. And the question is, what did they do with those gifts? And I don't know. It's um, <laughs> a good question. Next I like question. It. No, I like it. It's like these kind of questions help people enter into the the story yeah. of the gospel and realize like this is this is real this happened and it's not just like something we read at church yeah uh, they're really good questions like this but they're also questions that we'll probably not know until heaven um and even then i guess god will be like are you still really that concerned about <laughs> right. answering this question exactly but i i like the idea that they uh that they tithe some of it um, not just because it says, Hey, everybody like tie things to the church, but, um, that that's, I've always thought that was a beautiful response to like receiving a windfall of some sort. Um, you know, they were a very poor family. Right. And so to receive gifts like that, um, even in a small quantity and it doesn't seem like it was a small quantity, right. Um, would be a pretty big deal. Yeah, because people don't realize they came on camels. Camels could hold a decent amount of weight. Oh, yeah. Like, we're not... It's always funny in kids' plays where, like, they bring forward, like, a little, like, 
you know, like, <clears throat> here you go. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, I, I, I mean, I don't know if it was ever, if, if you've read anything about like the quantity of like gold or anything like that. Hey, if it's not written in the scriptures, then we don't really know. I don't, yeah. I don't have like other, <laughs> you never heard any, information. <laughs> like, you're like, wait, what? Like I could, did the gospel writers tell you? I could be like, look, a camel can hold about this much weight, and so this is how much gold would weigh, and typically one camel's worth of gold would be this, and then like other likelihoods or possibilities, like right. they went and met Herod, which means that they were probably not nobodies, even by their appearance. Um, but it's like, oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's not what being the Bible guy means. Yeah. It just means I know what's definitely not right. Mm-hmm. I can shoot down all the false theories. That's right. <laughs> I don't know anything that's actually positive contribution. <laughs> well, I just wanted to toss out that fun question before we got into the tough one, which I wanted to kind of direct our attention to today. And that was um, obviously a f- month, two months. I, I, I don't know exactly when it was, but... Um, I thought sometime in September when um, Texas released the heartbeat bill. Um, and for you're familiar with all this, right? In banning, a vague sense. Okay. Yeah. Banning abortion when a heartbeat is detected. I'm sure there's a lot more nuances to it. Than That's that, about but as much as I yeah. understand. So, about it. Um, but a lot of Catholics have come under fire for that and it's gotten pretty ugly in the media um, for those I remember watching the news during that time, it was just like the number one topic and how, um, we are putting women at risk and like uh, all these different things. Um, and we do often get a lot of questions just about, um, you know, abortion, how do I defend it? How do I defend abortion? But then, you know, say, oh, well, you have to have the same standard for the death penalty or this or that, you know, the the issue of pro-life that we've talked a little bit about before. But, you know, I just wanted to go in a little bit today, especially in the case we don't have to worry about it. We don't go to work and we're not talking around the water cooler and worrying about somebody saying, can you believe they passed that heartbeat bill? Mm -hmm. You know, like that doesn't exist here at the church. You know, we're all we're all pro-life and if somebody isn't they're not going to share it out loud so um you know we have the beautiful benefit of living out like living in that truth that people agree with this decision and that um we're excited about it that life is protected even more um but i want to kind of dive into average joe at work they encounter this like, is it the time and place to go into it? Is it the time and place to argue about it? Yeah. To, do you have to say, you know, yeah, well, I agree with that when people are bashing it. Like, where do, you know, where does the person who's going into work or encountering this in a daily conversation, what are they to do? Mm-hmm. No, that's a good question. Um, as usual, I've got sort of like a, step back and look at the big frame uh, and then hopefully get around to zooming in um, more to the question. But two things I would start off with. First, um, sometimes the word like pastoral, like you need to have a pastoral approach, sometimes that can get a bad rap because it can be just synonymous with water down the truth 
because you're scared to say it or something like that. Um, but that's not the, the only or the correct meaning of it. A pastoral right. sense is like having a sense of how to shepherd the person in front of you right? in such a way as they are able to receive the good news of Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, you got to understand that like people have this whole history and an enormous amount of baggage and wounds that they bring to every conversation. Yeah. Uh, and you might not have any idea where they're coming from. And so it's important to tread lightly. Um, for Catholics, it may seem really obvious that abortion is a grave evil. Um, but unfortunately our culture has done such a good job of selling it, mm-hmm. um, as something that is like the only option for a woman in trouble, mm-hmm. uh, that like the person in front of you may have had an abortion, um, or may have been connected with one yeah, and not have wanted to, <laughs> to, to have been in that situation yeah, and may deeply regret it. And so, like, to come out with guns blazing yeah, is understandable in the face of, like, I guess a faceless, nameless culture mm-hmm. that supports this. But when right. you have a person in front of you, you have to be really, really sensitive to them. Like, it's, people suffer immensely, and they try and convince themselves that it was the right thing sometimes, or right. sometimes they were coerced into it, mm-hmm. and even if it wasn't their fault in that sense, like that is a deep, deep wound right. that um, that could really, really hurt. So so I'm just saying like first principle is tread lightly with with the heart of a shepherd, the heart of, of our father who, right. who seeks out the lost. Like which that's was, the goal of this. Right, which a great example of that like woman at the well. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus didn't come out guns a blazing, being <laughs> right. Like, seven like, husbands, you know, divorce. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, he he kind of slipped it in there at the end, and first just was like, "Hey, why are you talking to me?" Yeah. So he he has a way to start, and he has a way to sort of like build this relationship to where there's enough intimacy in the relationship that he can talk about harder things, and that's actually a really good example of like how not to bail out of something that's really important, but how to also, you know, approach it with, with the heart of a pastor. Um, so that's, that's one principle just to bring, bring to this. And another yeah. one is that as the baptized, we share in Christ's offices of priest, prophet, and king, his threefold office. I am priest. Um, yes. <laughs> Baptismal priesthood. Um, and it makes sense because we're his body, right? And the body doesn't have a different mission than the yeah. head. If we share in his life, we also share in his mission right. and his offices, but in a way that's appropriate to us. Mm-hmm. Um, that means that we share in his prophetic office. Mm. Um, and what the church normally means by that is that we have an obligation to bear witness to the truth. That's what prophets do. They don't foretell the future. <laughs> they say the hard thing. I mean, I guess sometimes they do, but like more what they do is they say the hard thing that's true mm-hmm. even when they know it's not going to be received. Right. And that might sound like a contradiction with what I just said, but 
I don't know, maybe I'll get there and it'll make sense. But if you think of like some of the prophets in the Bible, like Jeremiah um, or Ezekiel, Mm -hmm. like God commanded them to go out and do like to bear witness sometimes by very strong words, sometimes by very strange actions Mm -hmm. um, to something that was true. And then often he he would give the prophet sort of like a heads up that the people are not going to listen to you, but you need to bear witness anyway. Right. Um, yeah. We see that in Jonah. Right. And he's like, no, nah, I don't want to. Yeah. Kind of, kind of flip side on Jonah where, right. where he's like, they're not going to listen to me. And also I don't want them to listen to me. That's, that's actually a third principle. that's really important to bring in. Like right. examine your own, your own heart in this. Uh, do you really want that person to like, hear and embrace the good news <laughs> or do you not like them yeah and kind of have you made them into the enemy yeah because uh, that's what jonah does with the ninevites because they are the enemy They're right the ones who like destroy israel the assyrian empire um and uh, and i'm coming in clutch with the bible today i that was like one for three you're you're batting thirty percent, and the, the woman at the well. <laughs> no one says you're batting thirty percent. Okay, yeah, two for two so far. <laughs> Go to your next principle. Come on, I'll yeah, toss okay. something in. Well, you're 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 batting about like the Red Sox do right now. Oh, get out of here. Um, yeah. So that's so that's the second. First is have a have a pastoral approach to this, um, because you're seeking yeah. to like bring this person to Christ, not just to vanquish their error. Right. Um. And the second is, like, by sharing in the prophetic munis, the office, that's the Latin word for office, of Christ, uh, you also are called to bear witness sometimes to a hard truth that people aren't going to accept. So how do you navigate your way through those things? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> depends. Depends on the situation. Yeah. And that's the problem with prudential judgments like you have to feel it out and there may not be like one clear path to take there may be a variety of of approaches that are not wrong uh which people hate they hate it i mean let's tell me what to do like like i think people would rather be told just come in guns blazing and if you don't it's a grave sin right because at least the path is clear then right (laughs) then like you have to approach this with the full force of your reason and judgment and sensitivity and mm-hmm. um, and everything else. But like, it's it's relational ministry in the real sense of the term. Yeah. Um, like what you're doing at that water cooler is you are working through the bridge of your relationship with this other person, mm-hmm. judging how strong that bridge is. And seeing how much of the truth and in what way you can walk it across the bridge. Um, building bridges is another thing people hate. And yeah. I think rightly so. But I'm trying to bring it back. Just starting now. Um, <laughs> probably not going to pick it up again. Anyway. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the the broad view. Right. right. Um, and then to zoom in. Like. Christ says that the truth will set us free, that he is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life, and the truth will set us free. He also says that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it's an exercise in faith for us and that sort of draws a greater faith out of us right uh to take a step forward into a conversation where we know we might be rejected um i really caution against like the guns blazing approach right because that lacks the pastoral sensitivity but that doesn't mean don't be bold and courageous in this conversation don't stick your neck out in such a way that um It might get chopped off. Right. I couldn't think of a better way to end that. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was great. Sometimes it can become very clear that like you have not been given this particular grace of being the one to like communicate the truth to this person in an effective way. Yeah. Um, but we also never know how God is going to work with the example of someone who kind of courageously stuck their neck out um, and <laughs> got just beat up over it. Right. Um, like that example can stick in people's minds yeah. and work on them much later. And so even, uh, it, it's not exactly Paul and Stephen from Acts of the Apostles, but it kind of is. Like, right. like the person who was, who was standing by or even like throwing the stones like could have a conversion of heart later mm-hmm. because of that event. Right. And, and so, so there's for so those many, who don't know, yeah. when Stephen, the first martyr, right, mm-hmm. was martyred, St. Paul was then there as Saul yep. and signing off kind of like on the death warrant, right? Yeah, people were throwing their cloaks at his feet and that seems to be some kind of phrase that like, that like he was a, a legitimate authority who could approve of this kind of spontaneous uh, death penalty Yeah, uh, for Stephen. Not to get into that issue. That would take right. us too far. If you yeah, know. But, no, no, no. But like, and then the Lord works through that occasion and brings about an incredible conversion. He becomes the apostle <laughs> from the persecutor. Um, yeah, literally so, scales on his eyes. <laughs> yeah, fell off. So I don't know. It's It's a combination of like, and okay, this is this is an image I keep coming back to in conversations recently. But to me, it makes sense, and so I'm gonna right. keep coming back to it until I feel like other people understand too. Uh, when I studied physics, um, and also when I was playing golf, because the two of them go together, um, like it became very clear that when you push something from behind, it's unstable. It's hard to keep it on the same line of force. Yeah. Uh, shopping carts, a, a good example, pushing it, right. The wheels are messed up, but which I was a cart boy growing up. That was like one of my first jobs. I was a cashier and cart boy. And so I would like do that row of like 30 carts. Yeah. I don't envy you, but thank you for your service. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so just think of one cart. Cause actually with 30, <laughs> it gets more of a, like, a center of gravity okay, is, is more stable. But, physics, here we but go. just think of one card if you're pushing it, right? It's really hard to keep it on exactly a straight line. Mm-hmm. But if you turn it around and pull it behind you, then it actually stays pretty straight because the force is now pulling from its center of gravity. Like the whole thing lines up behind that line of force. Yeah. As opposed to like you pushing it where it's more easy to spread out. I say that applies to golf because you're supposed to pull through the ball. 
rather than push into it yeah for the same reason it's a more stable thing yeah um when we are trying to discern things that have to do with prudential judgment tough decisions like this it can feel like we're sort of pushing forward into an unknown where we could veer off easily into mm-hmm. any one of these these things i think it's a much more stable image for us yeah um to think of ourselves as being drawn towards Christ right. uh, by God's grace, which is always prior uh, to our every good deed and intention, including our intention of witnessing to the truth at the water cooler. Um, and so if we see ourselves as seeking Christ, the other things tend to fall in line fairly well right. behind that line of force, um, as opposed to like veering off the path because they're all... It's so hard to keep all those wheels straight. Um, I don't know if that image really resonates with people, but um, like I but said, but it resonates with you. It resonates with me, and that's what matters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do they even have shopping carts in Bermuda? <laughs> not like they do here. <laughs> no, that's not true. The, uh, Did they have the ones where you'd have to put in a quarter so that no, like you would return no, no. it? You know what I'm talking about, right? No, we didn't have those. I yeah, like at the airport, like the little luggage carts. Yeah, so like growing up, I guess because it's like the city, Jersey. I don't know, <laughs> like all the places there, you had to bring a quarter to like pop in this little quarter, and you put in this key, and then I'm just witnessing. I'm sorry, I have to pause because I'm witnessing. Oh, I'm listening. Just like Go a, ahead. Uh, Father Paul take out like a Stanley thermos. We're only in here for like forty minutes. <laughs> And he's pouring more coffee from it. Anyway, so uh, yeah, you have to put in a quarter and, but I think uh, it's a good thermos. Aldi's still does it. I don't know if I've ever been to an Aldi's. Are they even in Texas? Yeah. Mm. They're German, right? I don't know, but I know that Mm, they have cheap food and Good food. I'm surprised. You, you're kind of a frugal person. It feels like that would appeal to you. I am, but I'm also a <laughs> person who doesn't want to drive far for errands like that. Right. So, so Kroger is right down Yeah, the I road go the closest thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah Always. Yeah. Um, That's right. So two things I want to, though, jump a little bit and push into. One is I feel like there's two drastic sides of this. The one... And we all know these people is like, and just background for people that don't know. I was what they call sidewalk counselor at Franciscan. So I'd go, I'd pray at the abortion clinic in Pittsburgh, which was about 30 minutes away from Franciscan. I'm so confused on where Franciscan is. Yeah. They actually call it the tri-state area because it is just into the border of Ohio, but you have West Virginia and Pennsylvania right there, all within like five minutes. Within five minutes, I could have been in West Virginia or Pennsylvania. Anyway, 30 minutes east, Pittsburgh. So we would go to Pittsburgh. We would pray at these abortion clinics. Um, um, The whole premise was you're there to intercede. You're there to pray. You're not there to get in a fight. You're not there to um, hold up kind of graphic images and yell at the women and different things like that. And, and, and that's kind of what I want to bring up. I feel like there's two just so damaging sides as Catholics that one is just 
the shove it in your face type of thing being like, mm-hmm. look what you're doing to your child and how can you like, and like you said, it's not diving into the relationship and even saying like, where's this person at and how do I walk with them? But then there's the other that I hear a lot, which is, yeah, I don't even know what I would say to a person who asked me why, like, that's my belief and that's okay for me. That's a, that's a, a really great point. So I, I think on the podcast before we've talked about like what it means to become an adult in our faith, that you have people depending on you. Right. And I had never thought about it like this until just now, but which if you haven't listened to that episode, we don't know what it is. So just listen no, to we have all no idea. of season it, one. It might not exist, but to be sure, you should listen to all, <laughs> all of season, of season one. one. Maybe um, skip to like episode eight where we get real podcasting material because the first ones are a equipment. little rough. Yeah. And we had a few like summer seminarians that we were like being nice and letting them come on. <clears throat> and it was like, come on. We know. <laughs> we know. We know. Anyway, go ahead though. Um, so, so if you haven't heard that, uh, just real, real quick, like the basic idea is that an infant is someone who is fed, right? A child is someone who's fed. Adolescent learns how to feed himself and an adult is someone who learns how to feed others. That's true in the faith as it is in families. Right. Um, if we're children in our faith, it means we don't know even where to find food or how to feed ourselves in the faith. Right. Adolescence in our faith, then it's like, Oh, I can, I can recognize like what a good spiritual book might be. Or, uh, even if I'm still like Googling, you know, uh, where did the, the treasure (laughs) of the Magi's go? Like, I know how to sift through the answers somewhat. Like there's some sort of, yeah. uh, I know where the fridge is and I also know how to order DoorDash. Like, (laughs) um, if there's nothing in the fridge, but as an adult, you get, and you could call it a parent as well. You have people depending on you to feed them and you have to figure it out. Uh, but in the faith, that's kind of a hard situation for people to find themselves in. Right. Like in a, in a, I guess, normal family, when the kids come, you have to deal with it. Like you, you can't, you have to figure it out. The situation kind of forces you into it and it changes right. you. Um, I've seen that change even in in friends and family that I've seen like before and after young kids. Mm-hmm. Like it does change you and yes. you can't just anticipate that in such a way as to affect the change in yourself. Like the situation does it. Uh, it makes you into an adult because you now have to figure out how to meet this need of theirs. I think that this kind of conversation, when you come at it with like, I love this person which means that i desire their good and so i'm going to do what it takes to bring about their good if that's the attitude you're bringing into this conversation even if you don't know what to say like you're gonna figure something out right because you're being motivated by love and in this kind of a a good action you can also be confident that like god's grace is moving in this in the midst of this conversation and this is kind of precisely the thing where he says don't worry about what you're going to say like the holy spirit will give you words in the moment it's amazing how often even someone like me who's like professional at this um can go into a conversation just 
praying to the Holy Spirit kind of frantically to myself. Like, yeah. like I don't, I don't know what to say. This, this seems like this is going to be tough. It might not end well. Yeah. But Lord, give me the words to say, or even if you don't work through, like work through whatever <laughs> words I can throw out there. Yeah. And it's amazing how often God will work powerfully, even in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other times, like after the fact, um, when you have no idea what you're doing, you just have to come at it with like a heart that is sensitive to the good of the other and really like would lay down your own life for that good. Yeah. Um, but I find that, and I'm reminded of a quote from my time on net that I first heard from president Roosevelt that talks about, um, you know, I'm not going to say the whole quote, but it talks about this it, huge battle, you know, in the battle be, of life. Be not afraid. It's not, no, that's JP too. <laughs> um, in the battle of life, it's not the critic who counts. It goes through this whole long thing. Yeah. And in the end though, I love the line. It's like, um, you know, and let us not live in the gray twilight, which knows neither victory nor defeat. And I feel like most Catholics live in this daze and this gray twilight of just kind of like, eh, I'm just ho-humming through life. Like, yeah. I see that in Mass, which is like where our disciples should be, mm-hmm. being formed, continually being poured into and going out. I see people that are apathetic. I see people that are just scared. And And don't get me wrong. I am these things at times too, mm-hmm. right? Like there is an interesting situation. So uh, uh, we have a Costco membership. Went to Costco, which Nikki should never let me go to Costco alone because she'll send me with a list of three things and I'll come back with like 30 things because everything seems like a great deal. You familiar mm-hmm. with Costco, Sam's, all that yeah, I've I've been in it maybe one time. Okay, so instead of getting like <clears throat> one can of tuna, you know, it's like the mini pallet You're of like, it. We're always going to eat tuna. Yeah, Let's exactly. just get 3,000 of them and <laughs> exactly. we'll never need to buy tuna again. So I'm passing. I'm almost on the list. I've followed all everything on the list to a T. And then, of course, I come by the special <clears throat> Traeger grill section mm. <laughs> that they had like popped up. So one of the things Costco does is they set up vendors, right? And the vendors, you know, try to talk to you, yada, mm. yada. Well, this, I've, I've wanted a, a smoker for so long. Um, and they were running a really good deal. And so Nikki and I uh, bought this and they're like, okay, hey, if you want it assembled, we'll assemble it for you and you can pick it up assembled. I'm like, that's great. I don't like assembling things. I, I kind of mm. do, but I, I do like assembling things. But something like that, I'm like, oh, it's nice to just roll it yeah. out and start to use it. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, come back one week and talk to this guy a little bit because you have to wait in line while you're paying, yada, yada. Find mm-hmm. out he's from Alaska. He's here visiting. So I go pick back up and we're about to leave he's helping me load in my truck and he's like oh cool cross on your neck or whatever i was like oh thanks and he said are you catholic which is very surprising because i feel like in texas seeing people with crosses is is more common than other places and just yeah very christian denomination thing and he's like yeah i've i'm actually catholic and 
I've been, you know, getting kind of into things and, you know, like exploring, you know, more about the faith and yeah, it's been interesting. And in that moment, I think I was so taken back from just like the random Traeger grill guy like Mm -hmm. that. I didn't even use it as an opportunity to be like, that's awesome. Let's pray or let's, you know, Hey, do you have any prayer intentions before you fly back to like, this is what I do for a living. And even in that moment when I drove away, I I was kind of like, Oh, that's awesome. Cool. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't like, I felt like I lived in this gray twilight where I could Mm -hmm. take it to prayer and say, all right, Lord, if I encounter that situation again, not that I have to like change this guy's life or be like, great what are you struggling with what do you like that's not appropriate either in the costco parking lot necessarily unless it leads to that place but for me to even say that's awesome i'm so glad that you're like exploring the faith again can can i pray for you can we pray right now Mm -hmm. you know and father edwin issued a challenge to us as staff members um and i know you're like pseudo on staff um yeah kind of you kind of you live here yeah i drift around (laughs) You, you, I'm a, pass, I'm a drifter. you pass through the offices and yada, yeah. you know, yeah, Drink all that. Coffee. Hey, yeah, you Unless fill I up, bring my own. Fill up your thermos. This your was stand. A French so, press. You ever heard of this? Yes, I have heard of okay. this. We can talk about it later. Um, so um, he issued a challenge to our staff to say, hey, I don't want just for us to say, I'll pray for you later. Yeah, do it now. In the moment, let's pray. And he had this beautiful example that I, I just wanted to share with people. It, because people are like, how do you do that? You know, like, it's just easier to say, hey, I'll pray for you later. Mm-hmm. And he said, he recommended saying to a person, so say they share something. They're like, oh, yeah, my mom's, you know, sick with cancer. Um, he actually said, you'd say, can I, can I pray for you later in my prayers? And most people will always say, like, yes, I, I haven't really encountered somebody who's saying no in that moment. Mm-hmm. But say yes, and then it's like, well, actually, can we pray right now since we're here together? So it's kind of like you dupe them into Ari allowing you to... Pr- allowing <laughs> Right, you got your foot in the door a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And so I, it just reminded me of... <laughs> Sneeze. <Yeah. laughs> I muted the mic. It just reminded me that even though I'm a youth minister, like it's easy to fall into that gray twilight, that mm-hmm. middle mm-hmm. ground of not, not really pursuing either one just in a drastic way. No, that's a, that's a really good point. And that also it, I think it also says something, even just your experience there, right? Going back, like, I think sometimes people have that experience when they're like, I know I should have done this and they go back and they kind of beat themselves up and they see it as like, as like, you know, do I have to confess this now? And I don't, I'm not saying that like there can never be an, a a grave sin by omission. uh, But like, that's just not a, a really helpful like default approach. Yeah. To go back and beat yourself up. It's more like, as as you said, go back and take it to prayer and be like, Lord, you know, convict me where I was cowardly and then drive out that fear mm-hmm. with your love and give me the courage 
next time to like take a, take a step deeper into that conversation. It's right. I, I think when we, that, that attitude I was trying to describe of like, of like desiring the good of the other, even at expense to yourself Yeah, that we want to bring into, into conversations like this, which is easier said than done. Cause there's a lot of stuff going on and you're thinking like, what does the grill guy think of me right now? He's so cool. I want him to think I'm cool. And he did have a, a cool beard. Like <laughs> I was Alaska. He's the Traeger grill. Of course yeah, he's cool. He's the Traeger grill guy from Alaska. I was like, that just seems cool when you say that. It's like, oh yeah, I'm from Alaska. It's like, man, he must just smoke meat every day, all day. And probably it's nothing like I'm picturing. Like but elk. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. Um bear like to, me. <laughs> so wait, do people eat bear? Uh, is bear a meat you can eat? Somebody right I now hear, is writing in being like, that's an endangered species. Yeah, writing PETA. Um I hear that it's very gamey. But okay. I think people do eat it. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we didn't have animals bigger than chickens in Bermuda, so I'm not much of a hunter by, you by, didn't have by dogs. training. <laughs> people don't have dogs. Pets, wild animals. Wild Feral animals. chickens Got were the, were the top of the food chain. Okay. Um, and, uh, mm, yeah, so... So if you're coming at it with that attitude, like you're gonna feel your inadequacy, yeah, and that you're not prepared, and like, so my my sort of twofold advice there is like, first of all, that's okay. God tends to work very powerfully in those moments. Secondly, take that back, and hopefully, like, the fact that you're invested now in someone else's good, and this isn't an abstract issue anymore. Right, but like you've met someone who you desired to come out of that that error or that fear or whatever's keeping them in that position, yeah. Like that's the kind of thing that's going to push you to learn more about it right. and to equip yourself so that like the next time this comes up, you're better prepared um, with like arguments that you think will be convincing and are not just like I'll vanquish you in in the abstract. They're not like like oh, in internet gosh. arguments, right. right? Yeah. Um where you're just dunking on <laughs> I love that phrase so much. Where you're just like just dunking on the guy in in error, but like you're like, oh wow, I, I experienced what this was like and I wish I had known X about this issue. Right. Because I think that would have really been helpful in that moment. Yeah. Then you can go back and study about it with with more of a purpose. Yeah. Um instead of just being also daunted by the sheer amount of information right about every issue but especially about something like this yeah um yeah well those are all good thoughts and reflections um i want to end with a few there's like one or two fun questions that are just kind of things we've mentioned today that i wrote down one is have you all ever been to the state fair what do you all think of it i have been to the state fair how many times once or twice okay I think once they I gave, just asked they gave us free like, tickets at yeah. the seminary for a while mm-hmm. when I was here and uh, I didn't recognize how awesome it was. And so I didn't go the first year and then I did go the second year. Um, I think that's when I went or yeah. it was pastoral year. But uh, wait, we didn't go together on your pastoral year here, did we? I don't think so. I think I would have remembered if you came with our family. Yeah. But, you know, the kids get a free ticket 
in school mm-hmm. any any texas you know or at least dallas county school um i don't know actually how it fully works but <laughs> like you get them um, in san angelo or something. <laughs> yeah here come on in um so dom and fran got one and we went this past monday since the kids had off school it was insane like everyone in the state of Texas was at the state fair besides you on Monday. <laughs> That's right. Like it was like I've never seen. We've gone probably seven, eight times total uh, since I've moved to Texas in 2010. Nikki took me when we were just like back dating and engaged and all that. And I thought it was awesome and cool. I like it without kids because you actually get to like walk around, try like the winning, you know, fried foods and this, the kids are just like, Hey, can we play this game that costs about $10 and they don't realize you're not going to win the prize. And then they're crying, walking away from the prize. So do you not make it as far into the fair and see as much with kids? Or yeah, do you okay? Because because I can imagine there's like so many things yeah. that they would want to focus on those things. And right. Usually they like down. the petting zoo, seeing some of the animals, the pig races. Well, I which mean, are who, great. who doesn't like who doesn't races? love the pig races? <laughs> who among us? <laughs> I mean, if I could do that as a profession, that would be pretty awesome. And then we literally I think, turn I think the pigs are underrated. I think they get a bad rap. Like. In uh, the Gospels or like by people? No, by people. Or <laughs> do they? Don't people have them as pets, the little baby pigs? The teacup uh, pigs, aren't they I, called? I underrate them. Oh, no. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, so it was insane. That's what I'll leave it at. A follow-up question is, what's your favorite fair food? Uh, I had... Deep fried Frito pie. Whoa. Uh, I think it sat in my stomach for about a week. <laughs> just this rock of fried food. But it was uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. A deep fried Oreo. I think I had that. Oh, yeah. Real good. Um, I didn't have the Twinkie. I know it's a classic. Deep yeah. fried Twinkie. I mean, some of the classics. I don't know where you fall in the whole corn dog. I'm, You're pro corn dog? I'm pro corn dog. Pro Fletcher's corn dog, the famous Fletcher's corn dog. Yeah, yeah I like any of those things, dog. like at the fair <clears throat> that you're like sausage on a stick, corn dog, you know, things like that. I think turkey legs are way overrated. I agree. I'm not hundred percent hot take. We need no a hot take interest. drop. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. I have no interest in turkey leg. Terrible at a fair or outside the fair. Yeah, even if I'm sitting at a table and I can eat it with napkins and yeah, you're talking also like, about like gamey. I don't know. Okay, how is it that Thanksgiving? <laughs> You have like a turkey leg and it looks normal. And then all of a sudden it's like huge and red. And medieval. And yeah. Like <laughs> and smoked, and I think. I guess. And I'll learn about it because I have a smoker. And, but like it, it looks like terrible to eat. Like you are like ripping this meat off and you have no like etiquette. I think that's and, why people like it. But I'm okay. So I am not fastidious at all. Okay. Like, but for whatever reason, when I eat, I'm one of those people who need a napkin there at all times. And like every time my hands touch food, I have to use the napkin. Huh. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not you. like actually cleanly yeah. or hygienic. I mean, right. hygienic in a normal way. I You're guess, not a germaphobe. I'm not a germaphobe at all. And like, 
I keep stuff in general kind of tidy, but not clean. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, or yeah. not. Um, but for some reason, just eating it drives me nuts to have food on my fingers, <laughs> like sauce or something, yeah. or or even chips. If you get like the salt from the chips on your fingers, yeah. have to clean them after every every bite. Can't have anything on my hand. <laughs> You're eating a chip in like Texas at a Tex Mex, just one at a time. That's amazing. Just going through like all of these wipes. <laughs> you would uh, maybe somebody will get you a uh, like whole thing of baby wipes you can invest in and just have. <laughs> I was actually thinking it would be really cool right about now if we had a like sponsor to our program where we could mm-hmm. offer a promo code. Traeger. Well. Y- I mean, yeah, we can go for the big fish, <laughs> but <laughs> if there's any small Catholic places that want to create a uh, a promo code, what would our promo code be? Would it be like Paul and Joe? <laughs> would it be like PPT? <laughs> See, PPT, that's so just ra- like not random, but, you know, prodigal and the priest. I'm like, yeah, it would have to be enough that like you wouldn't just intuit it, right? You would have to have listened or something but also enough that you could remember it yeah because it's Maybe not just like priests because my baptismal call is priesthood and your vocational call i don't know we gotta uh, think about yeah, it I because it. i have a feeling this year we're gonna get some sponsors nice. if you are a small catholic business <laughs> and want us to promote you we would love to have your stuff to try for free and yeah. to promote you with a promotional. Co- I've just always wanted to we say may over even the radio. Give a review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our over the radio, is. like, hey, for 10% off your next purchase of Catholic soap. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Is there Catholic soap? There's I'm all sure those things, Catholic, right? Like yeah. Beard Bomb, you know, all those. Yeah. So, hey, if you're a small Catholic business owner and you want us to <laughs> feature you on this podcast that is by millions, let us know. On that note, mm. that was good. Yeah, that was nice. It's nice bringing in my own coffee this time. Yeah, You're, I mean, that's a large flask of coffee. It's a lot bigger than I thought it would be when I ordered it. It's a large craft. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. All right, on behalf of Joey Scancella, Father Paul Bechter, we wait before we do that. Hey, make sure to reach out to us with questions. Yeah. Yeah. At, at our uh, prodigal and the priest at gmail.com or sananparish.org slash PTP. On behalf of Joey Scansella, Father Paul Bechter, take care. God bless. <laughs>